The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Hi. And praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV Channel 15.3 and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you would like to know more information about our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for over 98 years in our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hunt Sr. in 1959, who continued the work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shuttings, that is, those of you in hospital and convalescent homes, and that you should need prayer of, or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. To begin a musical program, the church choir will sing the song, Press Toward the Mark, 
with a featured soloist by Associate Pastor Timothy Hahn Sr. and led by choir director Emilia Hahn. They are accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. For those who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we thank Him for His mercy and compassion and for providing a way for the salvation of our souls. We continue to press onward and forward with Jesus in our hearts and minds until we, we hear those little words come up hither. Please join in and sing along with our choir members following the words on your screen. Yeah. 
our musical number is by members of the church band who will play How Majestic Is His Name. Our Lord and Savior is called by many names and titles, but there is only one saving name, and that name is Jesus. Please enjoy this beautiful song led by Head Pastor Billy Hunt Jr. Our soloist today is Seneca Rose Hahn, who will sing, If Jesus Goes With Me. She's accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Trustee Associate Pastor Edwin Sproul Sr., and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, and Iris Locke on the drums. It is truly a blessing to have Jesus in our lives. And when we allow Him to lead and guide us in all that we do, He gives us peace of heart and mind. Oh, mm -hmm. 
Call upon the church choir to sing another song entitled, He Made Everything New. Please join in and sing along with our choir, following the words on your screen.
Next, we have a band combo made up of members of our church band who will play a rendition of Fizz So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. They are accompanied by Pastor Billy Hahn Jr.
For our group vocal, we have Daughters of Judah to sing, Here I Am, Lord. Yes, Jesus is tenderly calling. Will you heed his call? And when he calls, we want to say, Yes, Lord, here I am. This song is dedicated to Mrs. Olivia Alverio of Hilo, Hawaii. May the Lord, joy of the Lord always be a bright and shining light upon your heart. May his bountiful blessings be poured forth upon you for your love and faithfulness to the Lord. Have a beautiful, blessed day.
Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV Channel 15.3 and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneda Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter Aitin Loy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Lenny K. Waiasano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espero in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espero in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui branch church in Lahaina, Maui, services held every second Sunday of the month. You are all welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the tel telecast. Praise the Lord, everyone. What a glorious day to read the Word of God with you as I present my sermon entitled, What Shall a Man Give in Exchange for His Soul? Generated and inspired by God's Holy Spirit. Have you ever sought help to overcome some monumental problems and not found that help? Have you needed guidance and direction to, to do right in the eyes of God, that is to live a life above sin? In this time of pearl, have you wished for that special protection to sustain you, whether in or out of the house of God? Well, look no further. The answers to these questions are within your reach and are found in the gospel of the kingdom of God. Join us in these weekly telecasts, and I'm sure the solutions will unfold before you. We find the Bible is full of important questions. The first one is the question that God asked when we came down in, into the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve had sinned. We read in Genesis 3, 9. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? 
This is a question for everyone, and I ask you in the TV audience, where do you stand? Are you on God's side or the world's side? The choice is yours. Are you living for or against Christ? Are you headed for heaven or hell? Where art thou? Jesus tells us in John 5:39, search the scriptures for in them you have eternal life and they are which testify of me. The second question in the Bible is found in Genesis 4, 9. And the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not, am I my brother's keeper? To you, my viewing audience, I ask you, are you interested in your brother man? Have you witnessed to him? Have you told him about the saving grace of Jesus? Have you tried to help him in his difficulties? Yes, we are all our brother's keeper. Job asked this question of the Lord. You read in Job 14, 14. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come? Jesus answered that question as he arose trumpetly over death, hell, and the grave. When he said in John chapter 14, verse 9, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. Because I live, ye shall live. And Jesus also said in John 11, chapter, verses 25 to 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Of course, this speaks not of physical death, but of spiritual death. There is a question asked by the Philippian jailer who read in Acts, the 16th chapter, verses 30 to 31. What must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. What a wonderful promise by Paul and Silas to guide souls to the truth, to the foe, to it, and the intent of the church. The words of Jesus shows us the way. We read in John chapter 3, verse 5, Except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. At times, God creates circumstances to enable his apostles to spread the gospel and through their efforts save a soul whose heart has already been softened by God. Such was the case of Philip. God gave an opportunity to enlighten a eunuch of Ethiopia. The circumstances were unique in nature. The Ethiopian visited Jerusalem to worship. Returning home, he sat in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. But without understanding, the eunuch had a special readiness about him to receive the gospel because God's word was already having an effect upon his heart. Philip, instructed by an angel to take this route of patches, and as an instrument of the Lord, knew exactly what to do. Motivated and guided by the Holy Spirit, Philip approached the eunuch. We read in Acts, the eighth chapter, reading verse 29 to 31. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the book of Esaias, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Many today are in the same predicament as the eunuch. They are unable to experience the true riches of God's word because they are not spirit-filled 
and lack understanding. However, the godly sincerity is seen by the Lord and the remedy is sent. Let us continue reading in verses 31 and verses 34 to 38. And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet, of himself or some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. We see throughout the scripture that all souls were baptized by immersion, not by sprinkling. Jesus was the perfect example. He was baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan and came straightway out of the water. Thus we find Jesus using his instruments to bring another lost and unguided soul to his wounded side. The testimony of Philip resulted in convincing the eunuch of the sacrifice made by Christ and that one might be saved by being baptized in the name of the Lord. Through the Holy Ghost, Philip was able to expound the scriptures, the law of Moses and the prophets, and upon the life of Jesus. Clearly, we have gotten the eunuch to be baptized. Philip must have repeated the words spoken by Peter just a few days earlier, and that we read in Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The eunuch's willingness to take on that name illustrates a person's sensitive to the word and convinced by the power of Christ's resurrection. Let us read Acts 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none in the name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. TV viewers, if there is a stirring in your heart this morning, after hearing these words, then there is a need for you to reevaluate re your faith to assure your salvation. Then there is Pilate's important question, as we read in Matthew 27, verse 22. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. Just imagine the same people who praised him four days earlier as they cried out, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh into the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest, now cried, Crucify him, crucify him. This is a question every one of you in the TV audience, as well as all others must answer. God gave his son for your redemption. Now he asks, what are you going to do with him? The question at the final judgment will not be where did you live, or how much money did you make, or how many friends did you have? The question then will be, what did you do with Jesus Christ? Now we come to a tremendous question raised in Mark 8, verses 36 to 37. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? 
this is a question of profit and loss, not of dollars and cents, but of eternal soul, nor for this world only, but for all eternity, you may gain fortune, lands, fame, and power, but these things will profit you nothing. If you gain them, you lose your soul, which must live forever. Take the case of the rich young man who asked Jesus, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? The question of that young man showed that he was ignorant of God's way of salvation when he asked, what shall I do? Jesus instructed that man to do something so that he could become a possessor of eternal life. Eternal life is a gift. One does not earn it or work for it, but receives it as a gift of God when the individual obeys the Lord's commandments. Jesus said unto the young man, why callest me good? There is none good but one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, and the young man replied, I have kept thy commandments from my youth up. Let us read Mark 10, chapter, verses 21 to 23. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked about him and said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? However, we find that Jesus never thought that it was impossible for rich people to be saved. What he did teach was that people cannot be saved by trusting in their riches. No man in this world can gain all its wealth. John D. Rockefeller was worth one and a half billion dollars. At one time, his income was $250,000 a day. He died at the ripe old age of 96. Just suppose he had lived to be twice that old and had made $250,000 per day each of those years. And suppose he had kept it all. When he reached the age of 192, he would have been worth about $10 billion. Just imagine, that's only a small portion of the world wealth. J.P. Morgan was worth $100 million. He was a great power on Wall Street. The great financiers said, we could not get along with, without Mr. Morgan in our financial circles. But when Mr. Morgan died on a vacation trip, the financial world kept going without him. It is said that Henry Ford's income at one time was one half million dollars per day. That's over $20,000 per hour or $333,000 per minute or $5.50 per second. And yet, Mr. Ford never gained all the wealth of the world. At one time, Henry Ford was said to be worth $2 billion. How much is $2 billion? Well, suppose you had lived 3,500 years old before Christ and that you then possessed $2 billion. And suppose you had spent, thrown away or burnt up $1,000 per day for those 3,500 years. 
Do you know that today, after disposing all of that money over all those years, you would still be worth several million dollars? I am simply, simply trying to show you that. No man can gain all the wealth of this world, nor gain all its power. Julius Caesar tried that, but he met his end when the dagger of Brutus pierced his heart. Napoleon at one time was about to bring all of Europe to his knees, but he met his defeat at Waterloo and died in exile, a broken and downtrodden man. In more recent days, the Kaiser, Hitler, Mussolini, and others have set out to conquer the world, and they too have failed. No man can gain the whole world, its wealth, or its power. Men would not be satisfied if they could gain the whole world, because the money cannot satisfy completely. If a man has $5, he wants 10. If he has 5,000, he wants 10,000. If he has five million, he wants 10 million. Many multimillionaires are still working today, even in their old age, to amass more millions. Not because they need it, but because they are not satisfied with what they have. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 9 to 10, but that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and unto many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It's not money that's evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And sorry to say God has to send sorrows to draw the children of God back to the faith. In the 17th verse we read, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who give, giveth us richly all things to enjoy. The Bible says that money faileth. Yes, it fails to bring contentment. It fails to bring or build character. It fails to buy one's way into the gate of glory. And as God, as, as Paul tells us in verses 6 and 7, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Fame and power does not satisfy. When Alexander the Great was 32 years of age, he sat down and wept because there was no more territory for him to conquer. Fame and power didn't satisfy him. But some of our leaders have learned a way of true salvation satisfaction and has passed on their thoughts to us. One of them stated, the world needs more of the love of God. There has never been a better rule for the conduct of men and nations as the golden rule spoken by Jesus. We read in Matthew 7, verse 12, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this the law and the prophets. Another said, we will never have everlasting peace until we find it through Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. And David Lloyd George, former Prime Minister of England said, for England said, and for all the world, it is neither Jesus or chaos. Many have not chosen Jesus. And the world today is in chaos. 
The world is full of violence and sin of every kind. Witchcraft, murder, theft, adultery, fornication, rape, lying, substance abuse, and homosexuality are running rampant. You name the sin and the world is filled with it. The bad part of it is that much of it has infiltrated some of the churches. Certainly this tells us that pleasure does not satisfy. Solomon tried everything under the sun. He became the richest and wisest and most married man in the world. And all that he could possess and experience did not satisfy him. We read in Ecclesiastics chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Vanity of vanities, said the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit had a man of all his labor, which is taken under the sun? The nearest thing to Eng in English to the Hebrew word, or, word or originating word vanity is the phrase soap bubbles, which in turn means emptiness, worthlessness, nothingness, and uselessness, as in the case of Moses. True unhappiness and joy are not found in the sensual pleasures of this world. We read in Hebrews 11, verse 25 to 26, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of this sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for at respect unto the recompense of reward. The pleasures of this world are only for a moment, and man will never find peace until he repents and returns to a right relationship with God. How foolish is that man who sells his eternal soul for the pleasures of this world. It would be a bad bargain because the loss of the soul can be an unrecoverable loss. It is terrible to lose one's health, but the loss of the soul is phantomless. Death will heal all other losses. Yes, viewers, it will not matter that at the end of the way about your status, wealth, health, or mind. The single thing that will matter then will be the condition of your soul, and that will depend upon what you have done with Jesus Christ. Trust Him as your personal Savior, Master and Lord. Abide in Jesus Christ, and you will be a winner. I have never heard where Jesus Christ ever lost the case. It is Satan makes us an offer for your soul. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Satan is saying, Live your life for me. Live in sin and unbelief. I will give you the pleasures of this world, and at the end of the way, I'll take you to live with me in hell forever. That is all Satan can offer you pleasures, a life without happiness and meaning, and a cold grave at the end, and an eternity in a hell of suffering. Why would any sensible person, such as those of you in my viewing audience, accept such an offer as that? Esau sold his birthright, one morsel of meat, as you read in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16 and 17. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, where he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. 
on Calvary's cross, Jesus purchased our birthright to eternal life. But men everywhere are selling their birthright for the things of this world. Satan is winning the victory over them. Jesus makes his offer. He says in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, Come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy burden, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The gracious invitation of our Lord reaches out to the needy, homeless, and single burden of every creed, color, and race. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 says, Come now, and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And remember him that cometh to Jesus, he will in no wise cast out. Indeed, viewers, Jesus further offers to forgive your sins and write your name in the Lamb's book of life. He offers to give you peace, comfort, and happiness, and take you to an eternal home of everlasting bliss. Now, how can anyone reject such an offer? Why should you accept the offer of Jesus? It is because He loves you and will do the best for you. His last oration, which occurred in the upper room, is found in John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. The Lord Jesus Christ knew that he was going to die. But instead of asking for help and comfort, he spent his last hours comforting his disciples. After he had talked with them, he prayed with them, and then after they had sung a hymn together, he went into the garden of Gethsemane, on which he was taken by the soldiers and crucified. In verse 6, Jesus said unto Doubting Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Accept this offer, viewers, because you're going to need him someday. The way ahead will not always be smooth. Trouble and sorrow lie in wait for everyone. You, go, uh, you are going to need the help, the strength, the comfort. He alone can give. You should accept this offer because he is your only hope for the future. Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend it, that for which also I apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but for this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I will close by saying that it will profit you nothing but sorrow and suffering if you gain the whole world and lose your soul. But if it will profit you everything in this life and the life to come, if you will accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
If you'd like to know more about God's Word in the church and review our telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, expressing my sincerest appreciation for each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you in the hollow of His hands. The church band will conclude today's telecast with an uplifting number entitled, All I Need. The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.